0: Welcome into to DNVR Rams Live, presenting, <laughs> presented by High Plain Strains, the Northeastern Colorado Dispensary, providing top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. You give them a visit. Be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their deals. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday was brutal. Uh, CSU collapses in an epic fashion. Up 11 with 55 seconds left find a way to lose in overtime to Wyoming. Fourth road uh, conference loss of this Mountain West slate, man. Between the uh, Rocky Mountain showdown on the football side and this, I I think that's two of the worst regular season rivalry losses of my lifetime in less than six months. So that's a tough pill to swallow. I I guess the silver lining is we did get the the Boise State victory and uh, you know the Creighton win, a top ten win. So that was neat. Um, But. Man, that feels like a long time ago now, right? That non-conference slate being ranked for two consecutive months. Yeah, it, a lot of the uh, the wind has just gone out of CSU sales now. Just a lot of emotion. Um, normally, I can put a lot of that aside when I'm in work mode. I've been doing this for a long time. Certainly have seen the Rams you know, blow plenty of games in multiple sports over the years. Nothing new to me, but yesterday was was about as tough as it gets and it pushed me i I do think the game was so much closer than the headlines are going to indicate of just you know they were up 11 and blew it that is true but obviously most of the game it was much tighter than that you're down three at halftime csu uh, they go up by three in terms of that second half period so the game's tied and then wyoming outscores csu by three in overtime so really you know for most of it it was a one possession game but I mean, you're up 11 with less than a minute to go. You have to find a way to close this game out. It's just unacceptable. It's an unacceptable way to lose a game. You had won in a very important setting. I mean, again, like the the term "must win" is maybe a little bit dramatic because this loss doesn't bounce you from the NCAA tournament. Obviously, you know you're starting to get a little bit tighter in terms of the the leeway you have. But I, I mean any game against Wyoming really is a must win just in terms of the rivalry dynamic. And when you're in position to to take one and it would have just been so huge in terms of CSU keeping pace in this tight mountain West race, it's just really frustrating. And, you know, I, I do think that the officiating was horrible both ways too. like Wyoming got called for a couple of flagrants on reviews that I didn't agree with either of them. So I would have been pissed if I was a Wyoming in that side, but I will say felt like a lot of very close, questionable calls went against CSU over that final minute. But again, you're up 11. You you can't use the officials as a fallback. Were there instances I disagreed? Yeah, I mean, Wyoming got a loose ball and was granted a timeout when half the dude's body was out of bounds. I don't understand how we can go review a tip ball for five minutes, which, by the way, if it takes five minutes, that's not conclusive evidence. But we, we can't go back and look at the dude who very clearly live half of his ass out of bounds and one leg um so again you know the zebras were bad the officiating in this league is is not good and it hasn't been all year but that's not the reason you lost this game you lost this game because you collapsed because you could not execute in the most important situation i mean the the free throw shooting has been an issue we'll get into that the the numbers as a whole are good on the season but that that's something I've been talking about going back to December where you saw csu kind of miss some free throws in some key spots um yeah i mean it it just feels like the the bad shooting as as a whole has been so consistent and there was a stretch there where it kind of looked like the the rams kind of figured it out um but man this one (laughs) this one stings we're gonna get into all of it uh big picture which is i think what we need to focus on the most here i am gonna give you guys some reason um I guess for optimism, it's going to be a tough balance on this show of being really disgusted about an unfathomable uh, loss to your biggest rival, while also maintaining perspective that this is a very deep league. I'm going to talk about some history, including last year's national champion. The Mountain West is a high major basketball conference right now. I know it's not necessarily viewed that way, or it hasn't been for the entirety of its history. Right now, top to bottom, this league is incredibly deep. This is the high major experience. I mean, it's, it's beating up on each other. It's a lot of good teams. Um, it, it's unfortunate. I, I would say, realistically, you're not a, a regular season title contender anymore. I mean, maybe if you ran the table or something from here on out, but the odds of that happening with this schedule in this league, slim to none. I will say the people that are saying that they're already out of the tournament picture, you know, they're, they're an NIT team. That's wrong. It's just blatantly false. Um, they'd be like an eight seed right now. And you're, and you're not wrong to be frustrated, to be you know, pissed off about what happened. But we also do need to recognize the college basketball landscape and be realistic about you know, what these losses mean uh, in terms of the, the bigger picture. Yes, you have five losses and that's unfortunate. They have actually one bad loss on the resume. This was the first loss that truly hits the tournament resume. Now, that's not to say that if you keep losing, you know, you're going to be in a great spot. You don't want to put it. So, you know, you have to win the Mountain West tournament or something like that. But, you know, the benefit is that they were able to have that hot start and non-conference play. And, you know, the the reality is, is that that great stretch was a lot of fun. That doesn't necessarily define the season. Neither does this tough stretch that we're in right now. It's, it's really going to be about how you respond but this group just needs to find their identity again. They've looked like a shell of themselves since the start of conference play. I think they're playing hard. It's not an effort issue or anything like that. But it's frustrating to see a team with as much veteran experience as they have on this roster, botch, you know, the, the execution at the end of this game, you know? Like I, I firmly believe in this team's ceiling. I, I don't think that like what we saw over those first 15 games, that's a mirage or anything like that. I do think the the league is deeper than it's ever been. Uh, I I I don't think I didn't think that they would lose all four of these you know first road games to start the league slate. I think one and three, two and two was probably best case scenario in that instance. But I just want it to be known that as frustrating as this is, and yesterday was as ugly and gross as it as it gets in terms of you know pissing away a game that you had won a really important game. This is what high major basketball is. Like this is what the experience is when all the teams are good and they all have familiarity. There's going to be some rough stretches and again, like I'm not trying to tell anybody that's panicking right now that they're wrong for doing so. It's been a really ugly stretch now that's extended over multiple weeks. You know, you had to fight and and claw for one against Air Force although they're looking a little friskier and they're they're three leading core guys are, are all capable of, you know, putting in a lot of points in a hurry. But I just want to give you guys some perspective here. UConn, the defending national champion in the Big East, which is, you know, I generally uh, more respected on a national level than the Mountain West as a basketball conference. I think the last couple of years, it's been pretty close. Like they're they're basically the mere the representatives of each other on different sides of the country. They're the, you know, they're a high major, I know, but you don't get the the same, I don't know, respect or aura of like the the SEC, the ACC, the Big Twelve, all that. But you know, you're a basketball conference. In the Mountain West they focus on football a little bit more, but where they've had more success as of late is on the basketball side. UConn last year they went 31 and eight on their way to a national title. They also had seven conference losses, including six in the regular season and a semifinal loss in the Big East tournament. They finished fourth in the Big East, guys. They finished fourth. And that was after starting 14 and one. They had a stretch in which they lost, uh, you know, seven out of eight games or six out of seven games in the league slate. Then they went on to the the NCAA tournament and won six straight games by double digits. Now, I'm not saying that CSU was going to do that. I'm not saying they're going to figure it out and, you know, win the national championship. But I do think it is important perspective to keep in this gauntlet of a conference the the toughest part of the schedule was not the non-conference games against teams like Creighton and Washington and all that it's right now right now is more brutal than anything you will experience in the NCAA tournament which is in neutral settings against teams that don't have your game plan that don't play you two to three times a year and have the familiarity how many times have some of these teams played guys like Isaiah Stevens over the years 15 16 times at this point if you in factor you know the Mountain West tournament as well and in those kind of matchups. This sucks. This stretch right now, it sucks. It's been brutal, and yesterday was the, the icing on the cake of what's just been a really, really tough couple of weeks. I also think this team is plenty capable of figuring it out, and obviously the schedule, it's not going to do them any favors. They are going to have to win some really challenging games against good teams. This is one of the best basketball leagues in the country right now. And I like we kept saying that from the beginning, but I think we all thought that like the Rams were just gonna run through. Yeah, it's great, but like we're on another level. And and I'm guilty of that, you know, too. Like we probably discounted just how tough this was going to be, which feels crazy because I think we knew it was gonna be hard. But I mean, top to bottom, when you look at what this Mountain West conference is, I, I just I don't think there's ever been anything like it. I think there were years you can go back to like the Kawhi Leonard, you know, Jimmer Fredette era in like 2011, you know, 2013, I think they had five teams in the tournament. There, there have been stretches where the league's been very good, but when you look at the depth from top to bottom, there's no awful teams in their conference right now. And winning in Laramie, it's hard. Like we're a week removed from that same Wyoming team, almost putting a hundred on Reno in Laramie. It's not a fun place to play. They've always played competitively against CSU. It was a thing I talked about going in. I know they were seven point favorites. I said, throw that out the window. You know, you want to look back to two years ago where they lose a heartbreaker after Roddy misses a free throw. There were times where when Wyoming was bad uh, with Allen Edwards, and Wyoming would go up, you know, double digits at halftime, and a better CSU team had to come storming back. It's just, it's never easy in that arena. And obviously, you know, it's a game that they're never going to lay down in. So you got to give Wyoming credit for just finding a way to get it done. I mean, they, they made some big time plays at the end there. They had some guys that had struggled for long stretches and made some really big plays. Like Sam Griffin was two of 10 from three point range in this game. Didn't matter when he hit one with 25 seconds left to put him up four though, you know, like Walters was in foul trouble. He didn't do much of anything in this game. I thought Joel Scott, did a pretty good job of of handling him. Gets the the inbound pass, ties the game, sends it to overtime. Like credit Wyoming. I just want that to be clear. I'm not trying to be the sour grapes guy that comes on here and and makes it seem like you know the the refs stole this one from CSU. I think there were some very very questionable calls that certainly aided in that comeback effort. But at the end of the day, if you're up 11 with 55 seconds left. You have to pull that out. Like it's as simple as it gets. It's not the first time it's happened. It's the fifth time in NCAA history, according to Wyoming, that a team has been able to win when down uh, eleven or more in the the final minutes of a game. Three of those have been in the Mountain West. If if you remember back in twenty seventeen, Nevada did it to New Mexico in the pit in two thousand five. I believe it was UNLV did it to San Diego State. Uh, we had one in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago, Texas A&M. That's the the biggest comeback. They were down 12 against Northern Iowa in the final minute and found a way to win it. So it's not like it, it never happens. It's not like what we saw was completely unprecedented by any means. But man, that's that's a really rough way to lose a game that you needed. And I'm just disappointed that this veteran group wasn't able to close it out. And I'm sure they're heartbroken, guys. Like that's the thing. As much as it means to us. I can't even imagine how, you know, Isaiah Stevens, Neat Clifford, and these guys felt on that long 60 mile drive back to Fort Collins. That drive never sucks more than, you know, a tough one. I've had quite a few of those drives over the years coming back from Laramie. In this instance, I was actually fortunate to be remote because I'm sick, but (laughs) I'm physically ill, not just sick to my stomach because of the results, but. Yeah, this one sucks. So we're going to keep it going. I'm going to talk about the keys to the game. Um, If you guys got any questions or anything like that, hit them in the comment section. We'll try and uh, keep this rolling as much as possible real quick. I do want to shout out our friends at Empire Today. With Empire Today, you get the shop-at-home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a price-match guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, we have copycats. But you can't beat them on the quality, service, speed. Uh, they advertise low-quality products that Empire Today just refuses to carry. They promise the—they won't promise you the lowest prices because anyone that does that is putting flooring in their home that they wouldn't put in their own. You know, it's just the—the the reality. They're trying to make sure you get the floor that's going to last. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is just as important as the ones that they put in. Uh, With their virtual floor designer, it's a great way to see how the new floor might look in any space. It's super easy. Just snap a picture, instantly see new floors and how they're going to look in your room. It's never been easier. Uh, Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners of this show can receive a $350 discount. All you got to do is use that code DNVR. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash DNVR for details. That's empiretoday.com slash DNVR. Of course, I also want to shout out High Plains Strains. They are the premier dispensary in northeastern Colorado. They hook it up with top quality cannabis, a wide variety of products. Check them out for any of your needs. Infuse edibles, high potency concentrates, some of the best flour in the state. There are three locations in northeastern Colorado, Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. If you're in northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. Save time by ordering online at highplanestrains.com. Pick up conveniently at their locations, which all have drive throughs You know, I got a snowstorm coming up. It is great. Make sure to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. Some of their deals include a full ounce for 80, Veritas 8th 8 for 25, Mammoth 1-gram cartridges for 15, Exquisite Extracts R4 for 40. Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these High Plane Strains deals. All right, shout out to everybody in the comment section. (laughs) Looks like we've got uh, some folks from rival fans going back and forth, but I appreciate uh, the support either way, and I appreciate you guys all being engaged. Let's get into some of these keys. Um, You know, one of the things I wrote about going into the game, one of the things I talked about at length with Kevin Lytle, with Andre Simone, uh, you know, really drilled this point over and over last week, They have to stop with these slow starts offensively, man. Three is 16 from the floor. I mean, neither team was scoring a ton early. I I do feel like, you know, defensively, guys were locked in. And again, a lot of that has to do with familiarity. Both these teams know exactly what the other is trying to accomplish. But these slow starts are just so brutal, especially in this setting. Like, you could see this coming from a mile away. This is a Wyoming team that had won two of three coming in they've got some young guys that have really found some confidence. I do think Linder is a is a really great coach. Um but the the thing that you did not want to do in this instance was give a, a scrappy Frisky Wyoming team some confidence, allow them to to hang around or worse take the lead, which is what CSU did, you know, in their building. That that's a really tough spot and I just think that especially against a young team, if you're able to, you know, start out that you know, start out a little bit quicker, you know, establish that halftime lead. Then the second half, you're not, you know, trying to exert yourself playing from behind and coming back. Now, obviously, you're only down three. It wasn't like these last couple of games where you go down double digits. But I do think that that slow start was a really big factor in this one. Um, The pace picked up before the end of the half. I thought CSU played really well for the final five, six minutes or so of that first half. And, about the first 18 minutes of the second half. God, that was frustrating. Um, You know, when the offense was rolling, there were some instances where they were driving and kicking out. Cartier was able to stretch the floor a little bit. He hit some big threes, and then he had a a stretch there where he got cold, although he did hit a a big one at the end of regulation as well. In general, it was just great to see him be a factor. He led the Rams with 19 points, 6 of 14 from the floor, 4 of 8 from three-point range. That's huge. I mean, they need him firing those those shots from deep. They need him to make an impact the way that he was able to. Uh, Joel Scott, 15 points, eight rebounds. I, I will say, as frustrating as this outcome was, one of the things I did want to see was finally have a game where you know, Scott and, and Cartier were kind of able to be, and I, I don't really like this, May, I, the Twin Towers. I don't know, that feels inappropriate, but I don't know what else to call two uh, big guys in the in the post if you can think of something a little bit better help me out if you can uh, in the comment section but it was great to see both of those guys i think both of those guys you could see during these last couple of games that the confidence level just wasn't quite the same so again while it sucks the way that this played out i do think that was a silver lining um Isaiah Stevens, 17 points, seven of 20 from the floor. He's missing a lot of shots of late that he just typically makes. Um, Nine assists came out and, you know, he was really facilitating early. I I do feel like in that second half, we saw the Zay mode. Again, I understand within the flow of the offense, um, why he's like trying to get some of these guys going early. And it's huge. It is so big. You see the, the positive impact when he is driving, kicking it out to guys like Cartier who are knocking down those threes. At the same time, you know some of these other guys—they just continue to hit open shots. Um, Josiah Strong, one of flo- one of four from the floor, kind of a tongue twister—one of four from deep. Uh, Jalen Lake, after a, a really good game offensively, he only had one point. That was off a free throw late in regulation. O of three from three point range. Joe Palmer, two of four. Like they just need some of these guys to step up. And and knock down some of these shots. Um, you know, we got a question here in the comment section. So when does the luck swing back our way? Hopefully soon, man. I, that's the thing about basketball is it, it. Sometimes you do the right things and you still don't. You know, pull out the right result. Now in this case, I would argue that they did not do the right things, especially down the the stretch here. Uh, But it's just an instance where they need everybody to execute uh, a little bit more consistently than they are. These open shots, they've got to knock down when they get a chance, you know, in the paint, they've got to be able to have the touch to finish through contact, especially for CSU who doesn't have like an overwhelming seven footer, you know, they aren't, they aren't going to play bully ball down low, but when you get those opportunities, you have to be able to capitalize or at least get to the line and, and make your free throws, which again continues to be kind of an up and down thing for CSU the numbers as a whole are pretty good this year but I think if you watch this team every single game you can see it like they make a lot of free throws early on uh when it's when it's really the the clutch time they have not been very clutch so that's that's a concerning trend especially in a league that's certainly going to have a lot of tight games down the stretch like you can't beat yourself with missed free throws and turnovers there were some sloppy passes missed shots I mean there, there were just so many little things that had to go wrong for CSU down the stretch and unfortunately every single one of them from every loose ball going Wyoming's way every 50-50 call going Wyoming's way they knocked down their tough shots CSU missed them you, you credit the Cowboys for refusing to to lay down um but it just, it leaves you sick to your stomach if you're a CSU fan. Uh, we got a question here from Aaron Harris. Why can't we find a dominating seven footer in the portal? They seem to grow on trees in Eastern Europe. I suppose, um, I don't know, maybe that is the solution going over to Eastern Europe. I, I don't think there are a ton of dominant true seven footers in college basketball these days. And especially like with the G League and those options, I think there's going to be Even fewer, uh, I talk about this a lot, but like every college basketball team wants a seven footer that can put it on the floor and also stretch the floor and shoot. It's kind of like how every college football team wants a five-star quarterback and a three technique defensively that can also rush the passer and and stop the run. Um, But I mean, it's just, they've got to, if they are going to play this small ball way, again, it all comes down to executing and doing the little things it's a finesse offense kind of like the air raid in football so if you're not you know if you're not able to consistently move the sticks if you're not hitting on those crossers if you miss the deep shot all of a sudden it compounds and I feel like we're kind of seeing that with CSU right now like you miss the open shot then you come back defensively maybe you give up a good look or maybe you get called for a foul Um, as a whole the Rams I thought defended better without of fouling, but then, in the last minute, you give up the the crucial foul on the the three pointer um it ends up being a four point play for them. Nate Clifford fouls out down the stretch. I thought that was a big factor, especially in the overtime, just not having him out there. They need him so much defensively for taking away some of those driving lanes as soon as he goes out of the the game. It just feels like things open up for the opponents um just a really big missed opportunity, man, like. That's what's what's unfortunate. If you win this game, you're sitting there, and you're 1-3 in on the road in conference play, but you got a huge home game coming up against San Diego State. You're still in position to contend for the league. I, I don't see a situation where the Mountain West winner has any fewer than four conference losses. I think it's going to be five or six at this point. You know, you're already sitting at four. Like, that's what I'm saying. Realistically, you're probably out of that, that race outside of running the table. And honestly, I don't even know if that would be, like, beneficial of the, the strain of, of what it would take to try and get back in this conference race. Like, kind of care about the, the postseason run a, a little bit more uh, than I do about regular season success. And that's something I've been honest about from the very get-go. I want to see this team win a regular season Mountain West title. For the first time ever Uh, but what i want to see so much more i want to see them win the mountain west tournament i want to see them make a legitimate run in the ncaa tournament and so from this point forward like you know we'll follow along I, i hope to see them keep pace with these other contenders but that's what it's about it's about maintaining hopefully a quality bid in the ncaa tournament and you know if you can avoid any more catastrophic losses any losses you know q3 q4 type losses you should be in, in good shape to do so. But you also, you do got to win on the road at some point. You know, you got be to beat a Fresno State and Air Force on the road. Like you can't. I think if you actually went 500 in league play, it would be a very interesting dynamic to see what the NCA uh, selection committee decides. Because this is a league that clearly is as good as any of the other conferences. But then, you know, people start poking holes in you. I will say it benefits CSU that they do have five wins away from Moby Arena from the non-conference slate. A couple of them were neutral sites. A couple of them were road games, albeit against slightly lesser competition. Though, Greeley, they kind of look like they might be able to win the Big Sky. um, DU quietly looking really good in the Summit, too. So, anyways, getting getting sidetracked. But it's just disappointing because this team was good enough. Um, Like I said before, any one or two of, of losses in, in these last four would not be surprising the fact that they've lost all four though that is very surprising to me i just didn't think this veteran group would put themselves in a hole like this especially with what we saw in the non-conference slate now again you know i just go back to what i said at the beginning and this is conference play like this is what it's like when you know each other and everybody's good but this team's got to figure it out in a hurry because the schedule gets no easier from here you got San Diego State coming off, and they've had a week to prepare for you. You know, they were off this weekend. So that's another tough spot, you know, going against a, a quality San Diego State team who's had a week rest. You know, they always play tough. Um, the Rams usually do play them pretty well in Moby. And just kind of going back to the dumbness of college sports, something I talk about a lot, it wouldn't be that shocking to me if CSU played well and like won that game comfortably because that's just how dumb this sport is. Just when everybody gives up hope and throws in the towel. The Rams, you know, show you a little bit of, of what they're capable of. We'll just have to see. Um, does this officially end the Medved to Minnesota worries from Aaron Harris? I mean, I don't think it ever is going to go out of the, the backs of the minds of CSU fans. Um, I will say, and I, I think it's very well known how much admiration and respect I have for Nico Medved. So I want that to be very clear. Um, not, I would love nothing more than for him to coach his entire career here, to be here for twenty years. Like that's how much I believe in him as a coach. At the same time, if you're looking at this from an objective standpoint from a high major program or like a big Ten team like Minnesota, the consistent lack of success on the road, no conference titles, no postseason wins outside of the NIT as of yet, you know, that probably is not enough at a, at a school like that. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting spot to see what, what happens there. But I I think at the same time, people across college basketball know just how good of a coach Nico Medved is and understand what he's been able to build here in Fort Collins, which was really, you know, revitalizing this program from the ashes. That's the the tough dynamic of all this though, right? Like the, the losses sting more when you actually have expectations. You have expectations because of what Nico has been able to come in here and build and establish. So, like, without him doing that, you wouldn't have the expectations in the first place. I know that doesn't make anybody feel any better, uh, but just kind of going through it here. Um, as far as the individual numbers go, Ram shot 41% from the floor. Uh, Wyoming shot 44%, 34% from three, but 10 of 29. It's not good. They're just, they get really three happy at times, especially if one or two falls. Um, again, I know they're not the biggest team in the world, but I think they need to work the paint more consistently earlier on in games if they can. Maybe I mean, sometimes it's what they're doing defensively, but the fact that you had 11 turnovers and Wyoming had only had seven. I mean, that's huge. Wyoming turns the ball over as much as any team in the country. And you weren't able to do enough defensively to, you know, get out in transition and really put the pressure on them. That's an, another thing that I got to credit Wyoming, you know, for, for limiting CSU only had eight fast break points in this game. Wyoming had nine. Those were the areas where I expected the Rams to dominate and they got thoroughly outplayed, you know, by a team that at least on paper is not as good as you. So that sucks. Uh, <laughs> you never discount a rival. Like I'm not shocked that they lost to Wyoming and Laramie. I'm not shocked at all about that. I'm shocked about the way in which it happened. I just didn't think a team like this with this veteran presence would would collapse the way that they did. So you've got to respond. I'm in a hurry. We're going to wrap up here with some final thoughts, talking about just the perspective moving forward and all that. Um, real quick, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having an ice cold Breck Brew in hand. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. I'm a big Avalanche Amber Ale guy. You can't go wrong with the Mountain Beach Sour. fun slinger. It's fun to say. It's fun to drink. Check out the Brick Beer Locator at brickbrew.com to find a brew near you. I also want to shout out the homies at Foco. Foco has been hooking us up with six set decorations for a really long time now. They're a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have some of the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. If you're going to a basketball or a hockey game this winter, show off your love with team-branded uh, friendship bracelets. That's neat. Um, they've got hoodies, jackets, benchwear, even overalls. Overalls back in fashion. Check them out. Foco always has our back for Colorado sports. They have yours, too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use that code DNVR for 10% off. Shout out to everybody in the comment section. I appreciate everybody listening to the audio-only version of this down the line as well. Uh, We're going to get going here with some final thoughts. Um, Not sure how much longer my voice is going to last. As I said, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather here. If you got anything you want me to respond to, get it in the, the comment section. We got one here from my buddy Aaron Harris. I'm a CSU fan. Nothing shocks me anymore. I barely have feelings or emotions. I say that pretty often. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I had a motion yesterday as I watched that collapse. Um, that one it, it hit me in a rawer way than any sports loss has in a long time. And I guess that's the it should, right? Like I said, when you are a top 25 team, when you know what this team is capable of, it's frustrating to see them have these moments. So again, like anybody that's full on panicking right now, I'm not going to tell you you're being overdramatic a couple games ago. Yeah. I think you were being overdramatic. And I still think that this is really the only bad loss that they have on paper. The problem is, is it just, it's all about margins, right? Like you, it doesn't get any easier from here. You still got San Diego state twice. You've got to go to the pit, Utah state is looking like they're going to win the league. They've got to come back to Fort Collins. Like it's just such a brutal schedule. And, you're putting yourself in a position where you're really going to have to execute down the stretch. Now, is this team capable of it? Yes, we've seen them do it. And I think that's the important thing to remember and kind of, you know, sometimes when coaches say this, it's a bit of a cliche, don't get too high. Don't get too low. The first 15 games, that was epic. It's probably not completely accurate of a representation of what this team is. The last six games, really frustrating. Also, probably not 100% accurate of a representation of what this team is. If you could meet somewhere in the middle, that's still a damn good team. That's still a team that's capable of making some noise, but they've got to figure it out. They've got to be so much better than they have been offensively. This is a team that can't just be good on offense. They've got to be great. They've got to overwhelm you with their outside shooting, with their ball movement, with their ability to drive and either get to the rim or kick out. And right now, it's just not it's janky you know it it it's just not running smoothly and when you are a sports car when you're a ferrari when one little thing goes off you feel that and unfortunately for csu right now i think it's more than one thing they've got you know four or five issues that are just kind of causing this engine to not run as smoothly as it should now Would it shock me if they figured it out and got a hot stretch, you know, ripped off a couple of wins against good teams? Absolutely not. They've got Isaiah Stevens. They've got Neat Cliff. We have seen what these guys are capable of. But they've got to figure it out in a hurry because what happened yesterday in Wyoming, it's just, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable on every level. It's unacceptable for a team that has, you know, legitimate postseason aspirations, but just on a fundamental level, of like sports and rivalry. It's unacceptable to blow a game like that against the the team where wins over them matter as much as anybody. So it, it's, it's been rough. Uh, we got to regroup in a hurry. I'm glad that I recorded this this morning and not directly after the game. Cause I probably would have said, uh, I just said a lot of stuff, <laughs> um, but I just, I want to hold on to hope that this team is who I thought they were, and these last couple of games have have tested it for sure. But as I, you know, mentioned with UConn last year, who had a really rough stretch in the Big East before going on, and you know, winning a national championship. This isn't uncommon when you are in a conference that has this much talent. Um, it, it, it doesn't get easier. That's the scary part. But we just got to see, man. That's really all we can do. We got a comment here from Matt. Will we return to the top 25 rankings at any point in the season after this? Potentially. Yeah, if you rattle, you beat San Diego State, you rattle off a couple of big wins, CSU jumps right back into the top 25 because that's how good this league is. As frustrating as you know, that that loss to Wyoming was in Laramie, a, a win, another big win over, you know, San Diego State, a Utah state, and you're right back in that, that conversation of like, oh man, look at the Rams. You know, they figured it out. Now the odds of them winning the league at this point pretty slim, but you know UConn finished fourth in the Big East last year too before winning that national title. So that's just the perspective I'm trying to keep. Obviously, I tr- tend to go uh, positive until I absolutely can't anymore. And there's not a whole lot of positives I can say about that game yesterday in Wyoming, but there are positives I can say with this team as a whole and while it's been really frustrating at a time, I've seen Isaiah Stevens play way too much basketball over the years to just throw in the towel. I've seen, you know, Nee Clifford and what he's capable. I've seen these guys. I know what they can do. It's, it's a matter of execution and they're going to have to figure it out in a hurry because this is going to be a really challenging six week stretch. So that's all I've got. Um, I'm going to rewatch the game this afternoon before I, kind of dive into it again, probably really set the scene for that San Diego State game. Uh, But I appreciate everybody that got up with us nice and early here on a Sunday morning. Hope you guys are able to enjoy the, the conference championship action football season coming down to an end here. We still got a lot of action left to go in this basketball season. So don't completely lose faith yet. It's okay to be pissed off about what happened yesterday. It's okay to be frustrated. I'm not telling you that you're wrong but I also just hope that we keep perspective and understand like where this program is at in the grand scheme of things, how many more losses they would actually have to have before they realistically weren't an at large type team, quite a few. So I just want to see, I just want to see this team get a win. I want to see the the vibes get right again. So Ram nation can smile a little bit. Um, But yeah, that's all I've got to say on this one. Much love to everybody in the comment section. You guys, always support the content, and it means the world to me. Shout out to Alyssa on the sticks, running things, making this show work as smoothly as possible. Always proud to be y'all. Be up there in Fort Collins Tuesday night for a big one against San Diego State. Peace.
1: Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head, so now she's rocking my teeth, tucked into new prodigies and we ain't spoken a month but i just saw her last week the lipstick stain still on my cheek like we ain't talking enough and we always seem to laugh but never at us so the future's looking grim it's kind of ominous and this song ain't about love that'd be too obvious see this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions and this is more about me and all of my self-deception i'll tell myself a lie 100 times don't need corrections but every night i pray to god i hope i learn my lesson and the peaches out from Palisade, and they sweet as mama's marmalade, and this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony, the family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums, and my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs, dancing hand in hand, we were tripping to left feet, like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to lead, but I'm still so thankful for these days.